mind like faith to worship him and to be able to partake of the Lord's Supper. If you will, be turning me to Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. That will act as a launching place for our period of study tonight. So I just want to welcome all of our visitors. I see a few visitors out in the crowd, and it's just wonderful for us to worship with each other and be able to have fellowship with one another. If you have any questions about the things that are said or done here, we welcome those questions that we can study the Bible and become and come to a biblical answer so we may worship God according to his will but not our own. Well, but first we're talking about Philippians. We're going to talk about a man who lacked humility, a man who rejected authority, a man who did not want to listen to anybody else. He wanted his way to be the only way that anybody wanted to listen. That man is diatrophies. He's found in 3 John, and that reads, I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us, and not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to who want to and puts them puts them out of the church. First question I have for you, do you want to worship at a congregation that has a man like that, that puts people out of the church due to the fact that they're not listening to his way, or that wants himself to be the face of the congregation? I, don't, I wouldn't. Because the only way that we're supposed to be listening to is God's way or I should say the way as we've been discussing in past lessons. You know what? We're going to be looking about our perfect example. We're not going to be looking at doctrines on how we lack humility, but we're going to be looking at Jesus Christ, our perfect example, because our 2018 theme is to become like Christ. And so even though that we're looking at the fruits of the Spirit in each month, we're going to be looking at some also some attributes that we can look at for humility is an attribute that, it's not one of the fruits of the Spirit, but it's an attribute that can be used and that is necessary in our everyday walk with the Lord. And so, let's read in Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. And that reads, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptying himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point to, to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. These are some powerful words spoken by Paul 
to the church in Philippi that Jesus Christ, he is our perfect example of humility and that we are to imitate him in this fact. So we're going to be looking at three points on how to be humble. First one's don't be selfish. Regard others as important for a second one. And then we're going to be looking at three key aspects in our lives that we need to be humble. And so we just read how the Bible defines it, but how does the world define humility? Well, according to Merriam-Webster Dictionary, humility can be defined as freedom from pride or arrogance, the quality or state of being humble. Well, that's great and all. The world defines it as a great fact on how to be humble. But let's look how the word of God defines on being humble. Well, you know what? First off, well, humility, it's a Christ-like attitude. Christ demonstrated it, and so we need to demonstrate it. So getting into our first point, don't be selfish. Three words that it's easy to say, but it's hard to do. Because human nature, we want everything to be about us. We want everything to come to us. We want to say, well, I did this, I did that. Or can I have this, or can I have that? Well, is that the attitude as Christians that we need to have? Well, according to back in our reading, in verses 3 and 4, do, not, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Well, Paul says it right then, right then and there. But then how can we do that in our lives? Well, we could say, can I have this new watch? Or, or can I have a new suit? Or can I have this? Well, that's great and all, but we need to make sure that our heart's where it's at. We can ask for things, and if we don't get it, then we don't need to think that, oh, I didn't get this, so why, why didn't I get this? We just need to make sure that we're being humble in heart. And the heart is where I want to really focus in on. Because we might be doing things for others. We might want to, we might go and help out a sister in Christ. We might go help out a brother in Christ. But is our heart really in the right place? We might do things for others. We might help out one another. But God knows a heart. There's a big word that is used to define God, and that is omnipotent. It's a tough word. That means God is all-knowing. He knows our hearts. He knows the hairs on my head. That's an interesting fact. But if we're going out, we're helping people out, but we're not doing it with a humble attitude. We're not doing it because we want to and because we have a desire to. We're going through the book of Acts right now in the high school class, and, well, we read about how brethren, they were eager. They, were, they had a desire to help people. Why? Because they're humble. Because they wanted they did not want their money to go towards them. They wanted their money to help out those that were in need. Now that leads us right into our next point. Regard others as important. We read this in our main passage about how we are supposed to treat others as more significant and how others need to be at the top of our list. Is that has a sense of priorities. For me, it goes... God, family, all my school, all my work, 
everything else and me at the very bottom. Well, it's great and all, but you know what? We can look at our, be- our greatest example, and that is Jesus Christ. I like to use the term, he was humility in action. Well, he gave up all of his privileges. He gave up heaven. I think that would be really hard to give up. He gave up heaven. He gave up being infinite. He gave up his power in heaven. Only to become what? To become a servant. Yet again, we can't ignore the fact that he was God in the flesh, which is even more the example, is that he was God in the flesh, and he could have said, well, you know what? I'm God in the flesh. I have all this power. Listen to me. No. He was humble. He lived in Nazareth, but he was born in Bethlehem. He chose a lowly birth in a manger. Is that the attitude that, we're, that we have? Well, if we read in, if we read in Acts, if we read in Acts chapter eight, verses fourteen through twenty, we're going back to the example I use in Acts. Because it's a great example on how we need to regard others as important. Well, now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now when Simon saw the Spirit was given through the laying on the hands, he offered them money saying, give me the power, so give me this power so that anyone, anyone on whom I lay my hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, may your silver perish with you because you thought you could attain the gift of God with money. He wasn't doing this for the benefit of others. He was not regarding others as more important. He just wanted the power of the Holy Spirit for himself. To do what? So that he can say, oh, well, I, I gave this person the Holy Spirit. I laid my hands on them. I helped them see this. No. The apostles, they did all these things for the benefit that others may hear the gospel. Others may come to the truth. They may believe through the supernatural acts that were happening. Is that the attitude that we have? Are we putting ourselves lower and putting others on a pedestal? Or are we putting ourselves on a pedestal higher than everyone else? Well, something that we need to think about. Well, so we learned that we need not to be selfish. We learned that we need to regard others as important. Well, who do we need to have this attitude towards? Well, Number one, and then probably the most important person we need to have this attitude towards, that is God. We need to have this attitude towards God. But why? Well, you know what? He's our creator. Seth Holder, you get a great lesson over he created time. All what we know is time. Our lives are based off time. 24-7, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. That's all we know. We know how to plan our lives around time, but no, God created it. So we need to have this. We need to have a humble attitude towards God. Well, we're going to be looking at two aspects of this. What about what for the people that aren't saved, people that have not been baptized yet? Well, if you haven't been baptized yet, then how do you humble yourselves before God, even though you're not one of His, not one of His children? 
gospel, it's through the plan of salvation. We have to humble ourselves before God is that we might, some of us go to camp, and if we go to camp, we see some of our friends being baptized, and we see some of them taking on Christ, and we're thinking, well, you know what, I kind of, I kind of want to do that because all my friends are doing it. It looks good on the outside. People are like, great, that's awesome, you've been baptized. But don't you think God knows a heart, though? Will God truly forgive somebody that does not truly believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? No, he won't. Because he knows your true desires on why you want to be baptized. Or for those that have been saved, and that have taken on Christ, and that have been baptized, we can look at the example in Luke 18, verses 9 through 14, concerning the tax collector and the Pharisee going to the temple to pray. It reads, He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing afar off, would not even lift his eyes up to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful, merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house, justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Wow. It's the only word I can really think. And so a Pharisee, a religious leader at the time, used the I statement so many times. The famous I statement. So many people in this world say it only needs to consist of me, myself, and I. Is that the attitude that we need to have? No. God knows the heart of every man. God will not, if the tax collector was asking for forgiveness, well, if the Pharisee, my apologies, would ask for forgiveness, do you think he would forgive the Pharisee? After him coming, after him going to God by the great avenue of prayer and saying, I did this, I do all this for you, I do this, I do that. Do you think he's really going to forgive him? No, because he did not have that humble attitude. He did not humble himself before God. As it says in the last verse, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. The attitude that we need to have is just like this tax collector, one that we know that we're in sin. Romans 3.23 states it, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We know that we are sin. We are man. And so whenever we go to God, we need to be of humble attitude because we know that we're in fault. And so whenever we ask for him forgiveness, if we ask for him with a, hum- with a haughty heart, he's not truly going to forgive us. So as, as Christians, we must not have a haughty heart whenever we go to God. Well, another aspect that we need to have this attitude towards is one another. Brethren, I can tell you for sure that going to camp and being around brethren, it's one of the greatest feelings in the world. Because you're not with people that do worldly things all the time. You're with people that have the same goal as you. But are we treating them with this attitude? Do we have this attitude towards them? We all have our own talents. 
Some may have many, many talents. Some may have a few. But I love the representation of how the church is kind of like the body. Are we really going to discredit somebody that ha- that's a thumb rather than an eye? Yes, the eye can see, but without a thumb, it's hard to pick up a few things, isn't it? It's hard to pick up a fork. It's hard to pick up a mug. And so why do we need to discredit people whenever they don't have as many talents as we do? Or even that we need to make sure that we don't get caught up in ourselves. Sometimes we do great things within the church. Sometimes people give a lot more than others. Do we really want to look down on somebody that does not give as much? No. Because we only can do that to our means. But most importantly, why was this book being written? Why was this being written to the church in Philippi? Well, because there was a problem in Philippi. People were not viewing each other's as equal. And not only that, we're supposed to make ourselves lower than others because there's a system that gets put in place is that whenever we put ourselves lower than everyone else and all of us have that kind of attitude, you know how great that would be? We'd always want to help each other. We'd be going to each other's houses. We'd be driving all over town trying to help out people. And that's wonderful. That's the attitude that we need to have. The people in the church of Jerusalem had that attitude because they had a desire to. I'm sorry for keep going to that example. It's just a great example. But that's the attitude that we need to have, just as the early Christians were doing that in the first century. Right now, we are in the 21st century, and that's still applicable to us 20 centuries later. It's amazing how that happens. But we always need to treat others with humility, because if we don't, it's just not going to work out. There's always going to be that person that they want to be seen. That's not a good attitude. That's the world's attitude. We need to make sure that we're not having that attitude towards brethren because that relationship is most important. And lastly, family. We need to have this attitude towards family. Today's a really special day. It's Father's Day. So we're kind of all feeling that attitude to go out and do something for our dads. Well, that's great and all, but we should have that attitude towards every day. Not just one day. Not this year to June 17th. Next year will be June 18th, I think. We can't have that attitude. We need to be humble with them. We need to be humble towards our family. We want to be, we want to do things for our family. My dad always asked me to mow the yard in the heat, in the heat of the summer, more so of August, and it's hot. You don't want to do that. But with a humble attitude, we want to go out there. We want to get it done because then your dad, he will have approval on us, more, most importantly, but also make us feel good inside because our dad would say, hey, good job. Or great job on the yard. That's a great example for us. Or maybe towards our mother, towards our moms. The dishes always need doing because we eat every day, I hope. And so we need to make sure that we do that with a humble attitude. Get out and do the dishes for our mothers. As many of the world says, well, what about sibling rivalries? Siblings competing for favor. That attitude we need to have. My sister's a sophomore in high school. I've already gone through sophomore year, and so I could help her out. Help her out in the things that she needs help with in school, her spiritual things. We need to make sure that we have a humble attitude. We have a servant attitude towards our family. Because the more so we help out towards our family, the more we'll want, the more we'll feel good. Because we'll feel good that we're helping people out. 
And that's the attitude that we need to have because it's a Christ-like attitude. Christ gave up everything. He was humility in action. So we need to show that same example. Yes, we will fail. Yes, we're man. But as long as we're doing our best, that'd be th- that's the greatest thing that we can ever do is do our best to serve God. Well, we talked about humility today. We talked about a big topic that covers a whole lot of aspects. But one aspect that we can't get away from is the aspect that we need to be saved. The aspect that we have to be baptized in order for us to become one with God and to become one of his children. Well, if you're thinking about it, if you have been thinking about baptism in the past few days or the past few weeks, and you're working on trying to be humble, well, you know what? Being humble, it's a tough thing to do. But it's something that God is eager for us to do, is to be baptized. So as long as we, as long, if you need to be baptized today, I urge you not. I urge you not to wait. My apologies. I um, urge you not to wait because that cannot wait another day. Stephen did a great lesson this morning over how we don't have time. We're six minutes or less away from death, and that is a scary fact. So if we humble ourselves before God, and we, and if you need to be baptized, well, you know what? That's something that we would want nothing more. Or if you are a Christian and you're struggling, you've not humbled yourselves before God, and you really need to praise the congregation, well, we're here for you. And if you need to humble yourself before God and pray to him on a private matter, we urge you to do that as well, to get your life right with God, because time is something that we lack. So whatever you need be, we urge you now to come down the front while we stand and while we sing.